Hoodoo Plant Mamas. Get your soul fed and your spirit red. This here and the trend. I possess the power from way back when. Backward book was stripped from all of their kin. So they had to find the magic within. Ancestors and gather my herbs. I conjure at my altar. Hoodoo Plant Mamas. Manifest growth and I release trauma. Child, we just out here trying to water our plants and mind our business, you know? Everybody ain't from the deep south, man. Everybody can't have culture like us. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to season seven of Hoodoo Plant Mamas. It has been a long time <laughs> since we've been on here, but I am your co-host, Leah Nicole. And I'm Danny B. And since it's been so long, we're going to do something a bit different. Today, we're going to start with gratitude. So Danny B, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful for new beginnings. Like, there's always an opportunity to start over (laughs) when something ends. And I feel like I just had my birthday a couple of weeks ago. I was I got to spend my birthday in Senegal, which I'll talk about later, but I feel like coming back, I get to start over um and just approach my new beginning um op- like with a more positive attitude. And we'll talk about what my new beginning is a little later <laughs> as well. What about you? Um I guess I also have new beginnings, but I I'm just so grateful to be back to on the podcast. Um, it's been almost 11 months since we've recorded. It's been a very long time. Very long. I can't even believe it's been that long. Me either. I feel like I've annoyed all of my close friends because I'm just, everything that I would usually bring to the podcast, I've been bringing to y'all and I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Hopefully I can calm down now. Listen, you know, I am a proud post and deleter. So every time I get the inkling, (laughs) but you know, now I don't have to do that. Now we got the podcast and all these little thoughts we both can bring, um, instead of, you know, to our close friends. (laughs) (laughs) So to check in, like for me, I, I think y'all can hear it, but I'm recently getting over a sickness. I've been sick every month this year, and we are recording at the end of February. I hate it. I'm recently getting over a sickness. I just moved back to Mississippi. I am so tired of people asking me if I'm excited. Like, I literally just got here. Not even two weeks, okay? Just got here, back on the podcast. So anyway, I did want to ask you, since you alluded to it, Danny, you were in Mississippi and you have recently moved. Do you want to talk about what it's like to move out of Mississippi and why you felt like it was time? Listen, I've been feeling like it was time, you know, being anybody that has lived at home, like the place they consider home up into adulthood. A lot of people understand that feeling of just needing to experience something different. And so that's where I was. Granted, I moved to North Carolina, which is still the South, but I prefer living in the South. And even as I visit cities, like I'm not being sold on cities. I'm actually being sold on like (laughs) 
going the opposite direction every time. Um, but as far as moving, everything happened really fast because I was so determined. Like I was like, I am leaving. Ain't no maybe. Ain't no, I hope I can figure it out. I'm leaving. And so I decided to move to Virginia, Southern Virginia with my dad to live with him temporarily until I could find my own place in DC. (laughs) That was the original plan that did not happen. It was, it's a huge jump coming from Mississippi rent, even in Oxford where it's higher than normal, like higher definitely than other places in Mississippi. And you also get so much less for your money. You know, I'm coming from paying under $1,000 for a one bedroom with a washer and dryer. Let's just, let's just stop there with a washer and dryer. I don't understand why in other places that's considered a luxury. You need a washer and dryer in your house, okay? Um, so anyway, after that whole ordeal, I was really discouraged. But my dad happened to live an hour away from Durham. And, you know, he was really hyping it up like, man, they on the come up, da-da-da-da-da. Other people were trying to sell me on it like, it's very artsy. It's a huge queer community. Um, I heard that several times. I came to visit, looked at some apartments, and, you know, I'm kind of a vibes girly (laughs) to a fault. And I was just like, it feels like I should be here. And so I just said, okay. And I moved here on a whim because I work from home and so... I can do that. I can move anywhere. So it's been, it's been like surreal. I will go back and say when I was on the plane on my way to Virginia, when I finally left Mississippi, I remember being on the plane and just like exhaling, like, okay, this is it. We're going to try this thing again. Cause I tried it before and I ended up back in Mississippi, but we're going to see this feels different. So, yeah, so now I'm in North Carolina, Durham, North Carolina, and it is very lonely because I don't really know anyone. Um, I have considered, like, maybe I should just go back home. (laughs) But I'm here, and I'm going to figure it out. I haven't been here that long. Like, I literally moved here Halloween, October 31st. Um, And then I've been in Senegal for two weeks. So I feel like now that I've come back from Senegal, it's like, all right, spring is around the corner. Let's rebuild your altar. Let's get, you know, it's time to get balanced. It's time to like show up for yourself and show up for your ancestors and stop wallowing in despair. Sorry if you hear my cat. She is in the room because she be getting in the way. Anyway, she's fine. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll say that, you know, for some people, they may feel like moving from Mississippi to North Carolina isn't a big deal. But for me, it is like home is home and moving away from home, from your community, from the place where you feel the safest is hard. And so I'm proud of myself. I made a big, big leap. 
I am an hour away from my dad. Me and my dad have never lived near each other since I was a very young child when we when we were both in Chicago. So I'm also cultivating that relationship. And so I'm just, I'm thankful for where I am. Um, and it's not easy, but I did it. How does it feel for you going back? Um, I'm not going to lie. I was a bit apprehensive about going back. Um, one, it's a new part of Mississippi. I never lived in Southern Mississippi. So different parts of Mississippi have like different vibes and you never know what you're going to be walking into. Um, so yeah, I, I was a bit apprehensive about that. I'm still feeling everything out. The good news is that like we have a friend that lives here and we've already seen him like three times in the past week. <laughs> so, so that's nice to be able to like hang out with people. In terms of like leaving Mississippi, I am probably, I don't want to say in the minority, because I know a lot of people love to tell young people to stay in Mississippi. I think more young people should leave. And I get that it's an unpopular opinion. But like you said, I think it does help to expand your worldview to leave the only place that you've ever known to leave the place that you call home. And for me, like I left when I was 22. And I used to be like real naive. And I used to think like simultaneously that racism only existed in Mississippi, but also that it quote unquote wasn't that bad because like black people and white people are in close proximity to each other. I have very like naive views about race and race relations. And then I left Mississippi and I realized the rest of this country is also racist. And Florida, if it's not more racist than it's, it's just as racist. And I also learned like how progressive Mississippi was, especially as I was in Florida and I was thinking about like community and networks of care. I get that like in Mississippi, a lot of it is attached to churches. But when I left, those sorts of things didn't exist anymore. And then when I was talking to like black people in Florida and they were like, here are the things we should do to improve this state. I was kind of viewed as pessimistic because I'm like, no, black people in Mississippi have already done this for decades. And this is the way that white supremacy responded to it. So I was viewed as pessimistic for being like, I don't think that's going to work. And so I think for me, leaving Mississippi really helped me to have an appreciation for it. I think it also helped me to be so far away from everything and everybody that I've always known um, because I grew up trying to live up to everybody else's expectations for who I should be and for what my life should look like. And I think that Florida gave me the opportunity to redirect. When I was in my early 20s, I, I did feel very much like a failure because everything I worked so hard for in Mississippi didn't pan out in Florida. Like the degree that I got and that I cried for and that I lost sleep over. When I got to Florida, nobody knew what that college was. <laughs> so in Mississippi, everyone was like, this is such an elite college. And then I left and it was like, nobody knows what that is. Like when I got out of college, the networks that I um, cultivated over the course of it they were giving me opportunities to apply to like director positions and manager positions. And then when I moved to Florida, I could barely get an assistant position to the positions that I was 
offered in Mississippi. And so it was things like that that I took really hard um, and I was really frustrated about. Um, And so I think not being able to do the things that I worked towards my entire life gave me the opportunity to be like, do I even want this? (laughs) Do I even want a corporate job? Uh, And I realized I didn't. I realized I wanted to write. I realized I wanted to figure out my hobbies. um, And I wanted to get more comfortable with who I was. And so I'm grateful for the time that I spent in Florida. I really felt like it gave me the time that I needed to separate my desires for my life with everyone else's desires for me. At the same time, towards the end of it, I was like ready to come back to Mississippi. I I remember it was like three years ago. um, I was talking with my husband and I was like, I think I've done everything I wanted to do here. And then when the hurricane, well, when another hurricane came back through, he was like, okay, I'm ready to go. (laughs) And so we've just been trying to come back since then. I want to speak to what you said about young people leaving Mississippi. As far as it being an unpopular opinion, I think it depends on who you ask. I I will say as I was leaving, there was some guilt because of all the people that I still know that are there, that are trying. But to be real, most of those people are in Jackson. A lot of them are in Jackson. There are some people also in Oxford. But I think Jackson is a bubble, like is a certain type of like very, in some ways, progressive and energizing bubble that does not exist in other places. And if you grew up in a really small town, like when I go back to the town I grew up in, there's certain things that are changing, but there's a lot that isn't. It's very complicated. I do think young people should go and experience other parts of the world, but also with that understanding that you cannot get away from racism because I've actually heard of a lot of Mississippians, old, older and younger, who said that when they left, they thought it was going to be so much better as far as race, and it wasn't. And from some people I've heard, it was worse in certain parts of the country that are considered liberal. Like, But you know what? Let me just say, not just Mississippi, wherever you live, I know people who have moved from New York from Mississippi, and that was special for them, and they've learned so much and gained so much. No matter where you live and where, like getting away from home, there's a lot to be learned. There's a lot of perspective that you don't have yet, a lot of connections. Like, so I think everybody should, but Mississippi is a sort of complicated conversation because there's like what they call the brain drain, and a lot of, you know, highly educated young people don't tend to stay, Um, they tend to go off to like other places. Um, and so I really respect and admire the people that are like, I ain't going nowhere, but there's nothing wrong with just, you know, seeing the world and coming back. Like, I'm going to come back. I'm not staying away from Mississippi forever. That's where my family is. So that's all I'll say. I won't go on a tangent. You talked about maybe wanting to return in the future. So I did kind of want to talk about like why. I wanted to return, like, for one, like you said, it can be kind of lonely to leave everybody that you know, leave the friends and the networks that you have. My most consistent contact 
outside of my husband was like an 11 year old girl and she was good company. Don't get me wrong. But I did want to be around people my age. I was kind of tired of being the only adult in the situation. Um, I wanted to be around like like-minded people. I also lived in a retirement community. And so I spent most of my 20s working with like 50 and 60 year olds, which did give me like a different perspective, I think, from a lot of other people my age. Like one, I'm not afraid of 30 like a lot of other people are. Um, mainly because what the older people I used to work with told me was like, your life doesn't even start until you turn 30. And they were in their 50s and 60s being like, this is the best time of my life. And so for me, it kind of gave me the perspective that like, as you get older, life gets better and better and better. And so I really needed that. Um, It really helped me to get out of the mindset that if I didn't have my life together by 30, I was ruined. Instead, I can be like, you know what, let's just try to set the foundation for 30 and then we can start living our life and doing the things that we want. Coming back to Mississippi, I know some people may not think it, but I feel like I'm going to have the opportunity to be around more like-minded individuals. Where I lived was also Trump country. It had like three Trump stores um, which I'm heard is not really a thing in Mississippi. <laughs> it is a thing in Florida. They had like three Trump stores in the county that I lived in. It was like Trump paraphernalia everywhere. It was real bad. Um, so I'm excited to get out of that. Currently, I'm planning a tea party in a few months for our friends who don't live locally to us, but still live in Mississippi and want to visit. So I'm excited about doing that. I'm excited about seeing people in real life again. Um, Something else I think is like before when I grew up here, I used to think like the slow paced living was stifling and suffocating for me. Um, But since the pandemic and being forced to slow down, especially in 2020, I kind of realized like how much I missed that and how much I want a slower paced life, how much I want to live more intentionally, how much I want to leave the house less and be in public less. And so basically, I feel like Mississippi is more accommodating for that, especially since like things tend to shut down on Sundays and mainly in the rural areas. But right now I live in a city in Mississippi. But but yeah, I feel like Mississippi is more accommodating for the life that I want to live. I also live in a majority Black city. Again, I'm so excited about that. No more white people gawking at me in the <laughs> in the grocery store. I know, oh my God, it was so bad. They would just be like, <gasps> and every time like I would have a new hairstyle, they would just short circuit. Like they were like, how did you do that? I'm like, oh my God. I, I was like, I desperately want to be around white people that know how to be around a black person because that was not the case there. Anyway, so far we have already ate so much good food. Um, We've socialized and we feel pretty good about being back, but I want to wait a few more months before I give an assessment. That makes sense. I wanted to respond to what you said about aging because I love that. I always say that younger people, and by younger people, I mean under 30, 
need to have intergenerational relationships because that's how, like, as I started, you know, going to grad school or just meeting different people, I became friends with people in their 30s and in their 40s. Um, And so that really shaped how I started to like regard aging. And you're exactly right. Like I just turned 31. Like I feel like something new is being born inside of me. But I also know people who said they felt like their life didn't start until they were 40. Yeah, everybody's journey is different. I love that you said that because it's so important. I hope that we have some Gen Z folks that listen to this because Gen Z be on our ass on millennials for real. And I'm like, y'all, you will be 30 one day. You will be 35 one day. You will be 40 one day, hopefully. So relax. It's fine. (laughs) That's all I want to say, but I'm glad you made that point because it's so true. If you don't have anything else, we can take a break. Let's get into some ways you can support the Hoodoo Plant Mamas podcast. One is through our bookshop where you can buy books that we've discussed. We have a Hoodoo Beginner's Guide. Leah and I share our top reading picks, and we have the books we discuss with our Writing the Spirit guests. Every purchase you make helps support our show. Check us out at bookshop.org slash shop slash hoodoo plant mamas, or you can access the link in our show notes. Other ways you can support us include rating and reviewing the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Hoodoo Plants and Instagram at Hoodoo Plant Mamas. You can check out our Patreon where we share exclusive video plant and spiritual content for only $3 a month. We have two new patrons, Julia and Owen. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. If you prefer one-time donation, you can donate via Cash App, hashtag Hoodoo Plant Mamas, or our PayPal, HoodooPlantMamas at gmail.com. Thank you, Cheryl, for donating twice during our break. Thank you, Brittany and Sophia, for your donations. Let's get back to the show. So I just returned from Senegal a week ago um, at the time of this recording, and I was there for two weeks for a writing residency with Sea Salt and Honey. And I think we could put the link in the show notes for folks who are interested. Um, Their applications for residencies later later this year and in 2025 um, should still be open. It was a beautiful experience and I made some great connections um, with my cohort. So a part of this residency was supposed to be, (laughs) was supposed to be working on my memoir. That was what I had planned to do, but I actually did more reading and daydreaming. Um, When I wasn't doing that, I felt like I was like very present, um, more present than I've been in a while. And I think I was just sort of taking in the full experience of everything. That was my first time out of the country. So it was a lot. It was a lot to experience. It was sunny. It was like summertime. It was beautiful. (laughs) I got to go to the beach. Y'all know I've been saying I needed to get to the beach. I got to submerge my body in the ocean. And that was so healing for me. And then it's so funny because since I've gotten back, I have been dreaming every night since I returned. Some dreams I remember more than others, but I have been dreaming. And I hadn't been dreaming like that before I left. 
Um, so I don't know. I feel like an ancestor and maybe several are trying to get through to me in the dream realm. Um, I'm still having trouble understanding, but we going to get there. As far as my writing life, <laughs> writing is, I'm in a difficult space right now. Last year was full of rejections. This year has began with a writing rejection. <laughs> I actually got the rejection while I was in Senegal. Um, which was kind of annoying. And then the words, like as far as writing, like the words have not really been coming to me. I am in a memoir incubator and a writer friend and I are going to be like twice a month. as like accountability partners. So yeah, I'm trying to like get get back into writing. I've been thinking a lot about my memoir and I think I'm going to have, I think I'm going to have to start from like scratch. I've been rereading all these different things I've written over the years, and I feel like I have, I want to look at my life with new eyes, with 31-year-old eyes, because <laughs> right now I don't feel connected to the way, like to the form. So yeah, that's a little update on writing, house, you know, experiencing Senegal and all of that. I kind of really love the idea that, like, since you've come back, your dreams have been different and more consistent. I think that's really beautiful. Also, like you, like 2023, my writing was rejected a lot. I actually stopped um, submitting my work to places, I want to say in September, October. I'm just waiting for the rest of the rejections to roll in. And I've kind of shifted my idea of putting my work out there because there have been so many times where I have submitted my work to places to people that I don't think understand where I'm writing from and who I'm writing to. And I think that their not understanding is affecting how my work gets out there. And so I have just been putting my work out there. I put out a, an erotic short um, at the end of last year is called Night at Fontaine's. It's actually been received pretty well, so I'm happy about that. I'm starting to put more of my writing just out there in the world, less going to gatekeepers and being like, hey, is this good enough for your website? And more just, you know what, it's good enough for me, so I'm just going to give it to the people that need it. Since moving, I have been thinking a lot about how the Leah that left Mississippi and the Leah that returned are two different people. And I think one way that shows up is in writing. You know, when I left, I wanted to write as a job, but I really gave that dream up just because of how often people told me it was impossible and that I needed to focus on finding a more stable form of work. And now I'm freelance writing. That's how I make a lot of my income. I'm also writing multiple books. Um, I'm publishing one. We've talked about this on the Patreon earlier this year. And Julia Mallory specifically talked about how sometimes you just need a yes. And you can be the person that gives yourself that yes. You don't have to wait for somebody else to tell you that your work is good enough. You could say, my work is good enough. My work deserves to be out there. People deserve to see it. And so my debut short story collection is coming out March 13th. It is called Apocalypse Still. It's centered around 10 short stories following Black women in their apocalyptic worlds 
And the apocalyptic worlds kind of range from like zombies and societal collapse to like being kicked out of your Airbnb because the owners are racist. Like it's it's everything from like extraordinary situations to more mundane experiences. And so I actually started on the short story collection in the summer of 2020. Some of the stories are pandemic inspired. A lot of them are inspired by the dreams that I had like entangled, which I talked about on Nancy B. Price's Dreaming in Color podcast. You've read a few of my stories. You've read Entangled, Pastor's Wife, The Denverin. So I'm excited about this collection. I'm excited for it to finally be out. I'm excited for other people to have it and to hold it. If you like it or if you love it, you can review it online, please. If you hate it, you can pretend it doesn't exist. (laughs) Um, But I am planning a book giveaway soon, so check our Instagram page, maybe during the first week of March. And if anybody has a podcast or wants to interview me about the book, I'm available. You can email me at hoodooplantmoments at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> I was going to say heavy on the, if you hate it, pretend like it doesn't exist. I want more people to take advantage of that. I am also very excited about Apocalypse Steel. Y'all, please excuse my cat. She is pissing me off so bad. Like, (laughs) I'm so excited for it. I love you. You are so good at sci-fi, like speculative fiction. So I am ready. I'm ready for it. And I hope y'all are too. Okay. It's given Octavia's child. Yes, we know Octavia got sons, daughters, children. <laughs> so it's given that for sure. So I'm excited for you. I'm happy for you. And I'm I'm glad you said yes to yourself, okay? I love that Julia said that because she is the pity me of, I'm not waiting on y'all to give me nothing, period. None of us should, especially Black people. We have to learn to say yes to ourselves. These people will have us out here thinking, We are talentless. We aren't good enough. Y'all have to understand. There's so many mediocre folks getting opportunities (laughs) that they truly don't deserve. So you have to affirm yourself. You have have to. Amen. Period. So this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but it is just a catch-up episode. I think, um, final thoughts, I, I am nervous about being back in Mississippi. Um, I am hopeful at the same time. I'm hopeful that it will be good for me, especially in terms of like being around people and socializing. I am excited about my writing. I'm excited about putting myself out there. And I hope that people like what I've written at the very least. I'm not going to ask y'all to love something you don't. Um, but I think I may be putting Octavia's child on some in my like bio. <laughs> I may be putting that in my bio. <laughs> Love to see it. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> what about you? I, you know, my gratitude was short at the beginning, but I really am also grateful to be back on the podcast. I loved doing this podcast um, and we've made so many beautiful connections. As far as moving out of Mississippi, 
and to North Carolina, like I feel like my my trip to Senegal was definitely a reset. It was a much needed reset. I'm telling y'all, emerging myself into that ocean, even when I first put my feet in, like I just needed it. I need I've been needing so badly to be touched, to be hugged by the ocean. And so that entire experience has really, really been a reset and giving me the opportunity to come back renewed and just ready to like embrace the newness, embrace this new experience, embrace this new place to get on the other side of fear because fear has been a ongoing theme in my life. And so year 31, I'm ready. I'm ready to start my life. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, that's where I am. Um, and I'm excited for this season. Okay. It's going to be cute. It's going to be fun. So yeah. Same. So if you like this episode, you can like, rate, and review Hoodoo Plant Moments on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If anything from the show resonated with you, make sure to share it with us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Hoodoo Plants and Instagram at Hoodoo Plant Moments. Thank y'all for returning for season seven. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.